0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at WinBet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Roster we brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. April 1st at 7.30 p.m., SGP will be at the Ice House in Los Angeles. So come hang out with the crew. All the info at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, March 21st, currently eleven oh one on the East Coast, here to break down the Tuesday betting card. And joining me here to help me break it down, you guys know him as the newest voice on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Delonte Smith. Delonte, what's going on, my man?
1: Not much, man. Looking forward to breaking down this, I guess it's a decent card. Um, I guess depending on how you look at it, but uh, yeah, just looking to get back on track and get some winners.
0: Yep, and also joining us here, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Scott's Studio Rice Show. I think I forgot a part there, Scott, but what's going on, my man?
2: Uh, All good. Uh, Just looking forward to going through today's schedule. I know yesterday was a pretty interesting day in the NBA for the most part. A couple of storylines to uh, discuss, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. Overall, though, I thought it was a pretty fun card. You had one yeah, they had a couple of really competitive games, actually. So a couple of games went down to the wire. Not exactly great offense being played in the fourth quarter of some of those games, but for the most part, pretty entertaining card.
0: Yeah, yeah last night wasn't too bad. Um, just quick, we'll quickly recap our picks from yesterday. Um, I know both Terrell and I had player props as our dogs yesterday on the in the double double market. Um, we had what did I have? I had no, actually, he had Nick Richards. To get a double-double around plus 215, I think was the number. That one came in easily. What do you have,
2: 17 17 rebounds on that one?
0: I think so. Um, And then uh, I had Jalen Brunson over five and a half assists at around plus 125. I think he ended up uh, getting a double-double. I know, shout-out to Jake. We mentioned the double-double for uh, Jalen Brunson last night around 12 to 1. I know some guys in the Discord uh, got it at 16 to 1. So, yeah, pretty good night as far as our dogs. Did have the Knicks' first half. They gave up 71% shooting to the Minnesota Timberwolves in that first half. Uh, So that one was pretty much up in flames in that first quarter. I think Terrell locked up Memphis yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, depending on the number that you did get. If it was early on, um, I think you would have cashed uh, on the spread there. But hopefully we can continue giving out some more winners here tonight. I know it's a six-game schedule here tonight around there. Uh, anything else from last night? Uh Delonte, you want to mention before we get into the card for tonight? Um, uh, nothing, not
1: really. Um, uh, nothing really caught my eye. Uh Golden State struggled again on the road. Surprise, surprise. But um they the covered the number. Yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> barely that, was, that game was that game was tight going into the fourth quarter if I'm not mistaken, like four yeah. or five-point game. They were struggling early on. I mean, they were going back and forth. Jalen Green was like doing whatever he wanted, like getting inside, bullying. He was making Jordan Poole look so bad, uh, but uh, other than that, man, I think it was a pretty smooth night. Uh, the Pacers blew the game up twenty-one in the late second quarter, which is good. I had I had Charlotte, so and uh, always good we can go into a double overtime game and still hit the under. So
0: that was crazy. Yeah, the Sixers Bulls game yeah, another man. double overtime victory uh, for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Scott, I think from last night, you want to mention.
2: So you mentioned the Golden State winning a road game part of it. Congrats, I guess. Uh, They barely covered, but they got it done. Uh, Clay and uh, Curry looked pretty good. Clay struggled early, but then he kind of picked it up as the game went on. A good win by Utah against Sacramento. They blew a massive lead but held on in the end, so good for them. My main two takeaways, though, I got to start off with the Sixers because I actually watched a decent amount of that game. Uh, I had some player props. Didn't exactly work out. I finished uh, one Levine three-pointer and one Vucevic assist away from a pretty decent parlay payout. But I ended up watching the game because it went to double overtime. It was awful. (laughs) That entire experience was so bad to watch. But I got to bring up Harden. I I have to. Uh, There's no way I can avoid it because I watched the entire game. He went two for 14. He had five points. He didn't do anything the entire game. And I feel like people were kind of waiting to see if Harden was going to build on this momentum or if there were going to be moments where he vanished and looked like he didn't care about basketball. He was horrible last night, just throwing it out there. He basically attempted no shots in the entire overtimes. And the one time he did, he got the shot blocked in the final 10 seconds. But Harden was my main takeaway. He was brutal last night, two for 14, five points is crazy. I had to bring it up because Harden was terrible, and the other takeaway I had sh- was the. Although um, well, shout out to Randall for going for fifty-seven, and they lost anyway. Torian Prince, new owner of the Knicks, but I do <laughs> want to talk about the Mavericks briefly because they got they scored twelve points in a fourth quarter against. Memphis. <laughs>
0: That's the theme for some of these teams over the last week or so.
1: Right.
2: Just saying though, you got outscored four. You got outscored twenty-nine to twelve in the fourth quarter. Look, the Nets don't win many trades. You know, they've gotten killed on the uh, Harden trade. You can argue the Durant trade might not age well. So far, it's actually been okay. Mm-hmm. Can we agree the Nets have just won the Kyrie trade because there's no chance this is working out in Dallas? This is a disaster. Yeah,
0: me. I mean, I think we when the, the trade was made, I think we all pretty much agree that it was just probably a rental for the— what final three four months try to rental, make playoff? They might push. not even
2: make the. They might not make the playoffs. It's a rental yeah. for nothing.
0: Getting rid of yeah. Kyrie in any situation is is a good thing. Yeah, I think it was like addition by subtraction for the yeah. Brooklyn Nets after you know everything that's kind of transpired over the past couple seasons with uh, Kyrie Irving there. So, do you think Dallas pays him? I don't think Dallas pays him. Uh, I don't think so either. I mean, no. Unless the argument
2: is Luca got injured and they barely played together, but in reality, we saw how they looked when they were on the court together. And they yeah. were just handing out 130 points a game. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know what the story is with Kyrie moving forward. Maybe goes to the Knicks in the end. I mean, the uh, Nets uh, – sorry, maybe goes to the Lakers in the end. Lakers sorry, shot. I wouldn't wish that on the, uh, on the Knicks fans there. Sorry, yeah, I meant the <laughs> Lakers. But my, I just wanted to bring it up because it's another game Dallas could have won. Luke is still out. You look at the standings, Dallas keeps falling. I am curious if they would pay Kyrie long-term because I really think it was a rental and it's yeah. been an absolute failure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you when they initially made the trade, I mean, they're giving up 130 and hoping that Kyrie and Luka would score 140 for them to win uh, basketball games. But again, they still don't have that. They they traded for Christian Wood. I don't know if it's not working in the scheme or if he's in the doghouse or what, but I mean, this guy should be getting at least 30 minutes a night at minimum. I know he doesn't commit that much defensively, but...
2: The entire roster is flawed at this point. Just throw those talented guys out there and tell them to figure it out.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what transpires with Dallas. But right now, you're you're right, Scott, that it's not looking good right now for them to possibly even make the playoffs uh, at this point. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think, Luca. Um, I know they have a game tomorrow night on Wednesday against the Golden State Warriors. That's another big game for as far as standings go in the Western Conference. But, um, yeah, definitely right now, I think we probably have to grade it a, what, D minus F maybe for Dallas right now as far as that trade goes
2: you are looking at the Nets, and uh, for the Mavericks and what they gave up, you know, they gave up Dinwiddie, they gave up Finney Smith. The overall, I think you got to give it an F or a D for Dallas because he just hasn't worked at all. Yeah, I don't know what to give the Nets because Dinwiddie's been fine. Finney Smith has kind of been horrible, but I feel like none of people are talking about it. Yeah, I feel like both sides didn't really get much, but I guess the argument was the Nets got rid of the headache. That was Kyrie. Did mm-hmm. he so give the Nets like a – c plus and you give dallas a d like i don't think either side really won i just yeah. think that i just think the nets lost less if that makes and
1: sense bigger bigger upside for the players that the nets got i guess you could say
2: i was gonna yeah. say but finney smith's been horrible so i guess that's kind of yeah i mean he's, you know, how it like, goes.
1: He, he's not i mean he's just defensively I, I don't really put too much stock in anything he does unless it's defensively he's pretty good defensively but yeah. Other than
0: that, I mean, just one of those trades
2: you look at and you go, you know, neither team really won, but this team definitely lost. I feel like that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. But, uh, yeah, I thought they would fall a little bit further down the standings. I think they're only one game out now falling into that playing bracket tournament on the Nets. Um, But I think they have two games at
2: hand, though, I think. Yeah. I think Miami's uh, played two extra games. Right. I think.
0: Yeah. So Um, they're 39 and 32 right now, six spot. And then Miami is 39 and 34. Yeah, they play um, this week
1: coming up, I think, or next week. Uh they um I bet the Brook I bet them to make
0: the play in plus two fifty. Yeah, I think we had talked about that when yeah. we were, were doing the second half preview. I have the nets or, to
2: miss the playoffs like five like four months ago at plus two sixty, which is a horrible deal, but I'm stuck with it, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh
0: all right, guys. Anything else from last night? I think that's it. All right, before we get into the games for tonight. Uh, Let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor. That is going to be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. March Madness is officially here. We're on to the Sweet 16 and so many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability. And of course, for our DGENs, only if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's something to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sports gambling, uh, head over to winbed.com or download the winbed app. Offers of the chance, terms and conditions at winbed.com must be 20 years or older and present. Stay where play through winbed is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, Call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast. The SGP guys are going to be hosting a Final Four watch party at the historic Ice House in Pasadena, California, Saturday, April 1st at 7.30 p.m. Get all the details at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse. And if you're looking uh, to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim, and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world, you can win a three-night stay at Circa Las Vegas to hang out with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter or just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. All right, guys, let's get into the schedule here for tonight. The first game on the Board, we have the Washington Wizards. They are in Orlando here tonight to take on the Orlando Magic. Uh, currently, the line is sitting at minus one in favor of the Washington Wizards. There are some pick out there, so definitely shop around for the best line. Um, total open up at 227. That number is currently sitting at around 225 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the Washington Wizards. Um, the significant injury is Kyle Kuzma. He is going to be out for this game for the Wizards and then for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Jonathan Isaac and Jalen Suggs are both going to be out for this game. Uh, let's start with the side here. Delante, why don't you lead us off with the Wizards visiting the Orlando Magic as currently a one point favorite?
2: I think you're on mute again.
0: Uh, once a show, for, it's once yeah. a show, man. I mean,
1: <laughs>
2: big, game the,
0: big game for the uh, for the
1: Wizards here. Uh, one game back of Chicago who had a big win last night uh, for that 10th seed to begin to play in. But I think like missing Kuzma is going to bring a lot of problems for um, the Wizards team, simply because the magic are one of the most athletic and lengthy teams in the league right now. Um, they have been covering as of late four or five. They've covered four or five. Um, they are 18 to 17 ATS at home. I mean, I guess you can, I don't know if you want to, I see a lot of, like different numbers, like magic is favorite in some books, wizards are favorite, pick them like off says. So, you definitely find the right number. Um, I think that the or I think Orlando can give them problems, they got to get out in transition, they can't play half court game because they're not good in the half court. The wizards are horrible defending transition. Um, they are 29th in defensive points per possession allowed in transition, and the magic are 13th, um, offensively in points per possession. So I think if they can get out, get to get the run, get the run in, and uh, put the Wizards in the track meet, I think they'll be able to win this game. So I like how the, Orlando's been playing as of late. Uh, I'm leaning their way uh, at plus one.
2: Scott, I'm going to lean to Orlando as well. Uh, Washington has won the first two meetings of the season comfortably. They've won by 19 plus points in each of the first two. But I do think Kuzma being out is a big deal. Now I do expect to see Porzingis and Beal shoot more for better or worse. But I'm looking at Orlando, and I still like this overall roster. I still think that this team at home has been a lot better than they have been on the road. They're 16-19 and 19 straight up. I don't have the ATS numbers in front of me. But I'm looking at the injury report, and you mentioned how Suggs is out. No offense to Suggs. I love them at Gonzaga. Aren't they better off with Fultz playing more minutes? Because Fultz has been insanely good for them. Yeah. And I feel like that with him getting a bigger amount of minutes and a bigger role, aren't they a better team? I think Fultz has actually turned into a very solid player for this team. Yeah,
0: really, he's, really re- yeah he's really revived his career. Yeah, I'm he's good.
2: Solid. He's good. I see Aaron I mean, mentioning a double double at five hundred. I maybe wouldn't mind that uh, for the odds. Maybe shop around if you find like six or seven, I- I'd potentially take it. But the point is, I think Suggs being out is really not that big of a deal because I do think that they have good options to replace him. I think that Fultz should be starting over Suggs anyway. So I don't know what I don't know if that really matters much, but. I find it weird the Wizards have won each of the first two meetings by 19-plus points, and they're basically a pick em in this game. I'm going to lean to Orlando. I think it's a good spot for the Magic at home.
0: Yeah, I think the only concern that or only pause that gives me to bet on the Magic here is so that they're coming off of a, a, a long road trip here uh, after their West Coast road trip. I usually like fading teams uh, in that first game back. They had games in San Antonio, Phoenix, and then the two L.A. Uh, teams, or sorry, so, yeah, two LA teams in LA on uh, back-to-back nights on the 18th and 19th. Did have one day off here, um, but yeah, I, I can understand the argument. We see this line right now being at Pickham or minus one, depending on your book. It uh, does say a lot. Um, I'll lean with Orlando as well. Don't love it. I do like a player prop in this game. We'll get to the player props here in a second, but um, Orlando has been playing well, right? Like you said, with Markel Fultz, uh, they have both Wagners playing here tonight as well. Um, and the Washington Wizards have lost, I believe, five out of their last six games. Where defensively, they haven't been very good. They've been giving up a lot of points. The only team that they held under 100 was the Detroit Pistons, but congratulations on that. But since then, <laughs> they gave up 120 to the I'm sorry 122 to the Hawks, 114 to the Hawks again, 112 to the Sixers, 117 to the Cavs, and then 132 to the uh, Sacramento Kings. If you said
2: under 100. It's under 110.
0: Yeah, under no uh, they give up uh less than 100 to only. No, they did
2: against the Pistons, but I'm saying yeah. they've given up more than 110 to all the yeah, other yeah, teams.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I meant. So, um defensively there's there's some concerns right now with the Washington Wizards and again, like Delonte mentioned, it is a big game for them in the in if they want to make it into that play-in bracket tournament where they are two games out right now. So, I think that if they if they lose this game here tonight, I mean, the way that Chicago's playing, um the way that Toronto is trying to get wins. Atlanta is at home here tonight as well against one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. It's a big game for Washington, but I think Orlando, they are playing well, so I'll go with Orlando with you guys. Uh, Scott, anything on the total?
2: Uh, I know that there's been some money on the under. Total's dropped around two points or so. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to link to the over in this one. I agree with what Delante said. Orlando's going to have to run. They're not good in transition, and with Fultz playing, I know he definitely wants to run. You're looking at, Really just how the team is made up, and they have a lot of young players who are athletic, and they can definitely get out in transition. Anytime you're against Porzingis, you want to make him run. So I see Orlando definitely dictating the pace. And Washington, I just roasted Porzingis for his conditioning, potentially, but they don't exactly play that slow. They usually do, but I can see this game turning into a bit of a track meet here. I'm going to lean to the over. I think this total is a little bit too low.
0: Yeah, Orlando is number eight in pace since the All-Star break over the last... Uh, let's go over the last five games as far as pace, Orlando, uh, they dropped down to number nine, but they're still top 10. As far as pace goes, Washington's at number 21. Uh, as far as pace over the last five games, uh, lots of thoughts on the total. Yeah. I'm with Scott.
1: i lean leaning over. I think the magic control the tempo. And I mean, like, like Scott said, uh, Washington, they don't, like like to run but they they're like willing to run if that makes sense um and orlando is it's really important for them to stay out of the half court they're atrocious in their half court twenty sixth and half court part, points per possession um and they just don't have that big of an advantage their advantage is pushing the pace but the wizards they have an advantage uh at the rim their first and rim percentage offense while orlando is 29th in rim percentage defense so i think that the magic can score in transition i think the wizards can score in the half court so that's Going to be both teams are efficient in both ways. Um, I think you're getting a little bit of value on the uh, on the over simply because you know like you said with Washington they just have been struggling on both sides of the ball really. Um, three of the last five have went under. Um, and also another thing to watch out for is the Wizards are I mean the Magic are really good at getting to the line top five and free throw rate offense so they'll be able to get to the line and get some free throws as well while the clock is stopped. That's always good for an over.
0: Uh, all right, um yeah, I'll lean with the over with you guys as well. Uh, I know was somebody was asking yeah Aaron's asking Orlando team total yeah, I think you can take an over there. that number is probably at yeah, one twelve and a half uh, since mm-hmm. this line is pretty much pick them or minus one. I don't hate that. Um, let's go to the player props guys. Um, I know we talked about Mark Fultz. anything else Scott as far as player props?
2: Uh, well, I know that Dalhan just mentioned the free throws, so I kind of have to at least consider taking a Boncaro over. Because if there's anybody that's going to be very aggressive with this team going to the line, I think it would be Boncaro. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of who on Washington can stop him. Who would normally be matched up on him? You're going to throw usually Kuzma, right? I mean, I'm assuming Kuzma yep. would be the guy that normally would guard him. Now he's not there. So you're going to be scrambling to find somebody to match up with him. He's too fast for Gafford. Gafford always gets into foul trouble anyway. He's way too fast for Porzingis. I think it's a really horrible matchup for Washington to deal with a uh, Boncaro. Now I'm not saying Kuzma's a great defender. Mm-hmm. He's fine. At least size-wise, he matches up okay against Boncaro. But now Washington doesn't have anybody. So I think that Boncaro should have a good matchup.
0: Jelantz, uh, any player preps? Yeah, I like Window Carter, double-double at
1: plus 140. Um, he has actually reached this in seven of his last 10 games, including two straight. Uh, and he's played, like, those two games have been more, more physical, dominant, you know, paint-dominant teams. Um, outside of Gafford, like, like Scott said, who's probably going to be in foul trouble anyway, the interior is pretty weak for for the Wizards. So I think he has a good shot to have a big game against um, a weak front line. I also like Bradley Beal under 27 and a half, or oh, 27 points. Uh, I know he's averaging 30 without Kuzma, small sample size. Uh, some of those games were like without Porzingis and other, it's, it's, a little, it's a little bit like, it's a lot of noise in those numbers. So, I'll tell you this, he's under in four of the last six games. Uh, He pushed once. He's went over against Detroit and pushed versus Atlanta. So, I mean, those are not really world beaters on a defensive end. Orlando's better defensively in both of those teams. Uh, The Magic, they're long, athletic. They could defend the the pick and roll. They can defend the dribble handoff that he does and prevent him from getting to the lane. Uh, Since Valentine's Day, it's a 15-game sample size. He's been he's only been over this number in five games, two of those last two of those was in the last three games against the two teams that I just mentioned. So I don't think that he has a 28, 29 point game in him. And just to put a bow on it, Orlando held Ad and Booker to under twenty points. So de- their defense is there. So I like Bradley Beal under twenty seven points a lot.
0: Well, we have our first disagreement because the first bet I put in this morning <laughs> was Bradley Beal over 26.5 points. Well, he's, been, he's
2: been walking into 30 almost every game with Kuzma being out. So. Exactly.
0: And that was my, he has. Yeah, but, so okay. six games without Kuzma this season. He's gone over 30 in five out of the six games. 30 did only 17 against the Hornets, but then 32 against the Pacers, 33 against the Warriors, 33 against the Bucks, and then 36 against the Detroit Pistons. He's averaging about uh 20 shot attempts per game in those six games without kuzma i mean scott said it earlier without kuzma that's going to open up more shots for guys like kp and bradley beal so i think you know tonight's an opportunity for you know bradley beal uh to to not only like we mentioned it's an important game for them as far as trying to make the playoffs but again just a pure volume of shots that are going to be available for him to take uh in this game And, and you know he's really been able to you know obviously with Five out of six games that he's gone over or scored thirty or more points. I think that tonight's a good opportunity for him to get into that thirty range again. So uh, that was the first made uh, bet I made. Sorry, Delante, already on the losing side. I was, <laughs> That's that. all good. That's all good. Um, all right. Anything else for this game, guys? Nope. All, all right. right. Aaron's, Aaron, all right, if you have a meeting, bud, you can go because we're going to take our time breaking down these games. I don't care if you have a freaking meeting.
2: <laughs> I, see, I see that uh, Nick is saying that Avdia could hypothetically move into the starting lineup in guard Caro. Yeah, that's probably who they're going to have on him, but yeah. I've been very anti-Avdia for a while. I don't think he's a good basketball player, but it's mostly based on the fact that he gets into foul trouble all the time. And if we're talking about free throws, I don't think Avdi will be on the court that much because I just see him hacking Boncaro all the time, driving to the lane. So I don't really see that as a serious matchup. Maybe in theory, but Avdi is really, really handsy, and he fouls a lot. I can see that being a problem in this game. Yeah,
1: Yeah. they probably put Kispert on him. Um,
2: Yeah, good luck with that one. I watched him at (laughs) Gonzaga. Good
1: luck trying to have him guard. Yeah, yeah. I I know. know. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying,
0: you know, just... All right, next game on the board. It's going to be the Detroit Pistons. They are in Atlanta here tonight. Um, This line opened up in favor of the Atlanta Hawks at minus 13. Now it's up to minus 14. Uh, Total open about 239. A little bit of under money coming in. Uh, Currently, consensus is around 236 right now as far as the total. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. Start here with the Detroit Pistons because it is uh, pretty uh, long as far as their injury report. So, Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, Hamadou Diallo, Jalen Duran, and Isaiah Stewart are all out here tonight. And the questionable tags for Isaiah Livers and RJ Hampton. For the Atlanta Hawks, uh, DeJounte Murray is officially questionable here tonight. He does have a non-COVID-related illness. Uh, Jalen Johnson is also out here tonight for the Hawks as well. So those are the two of the significant injuries. Uh, Scott, the Atlanta Hawks laying two touchdowns here against the Detroit Pistons. Man, what are you thinking?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with the Pistons on this one. (laughs) Now, this backfired a couple of weeks, I think a week ago, when I leaned to the Pistons plus the points against the Wizards uh, based on the Wizards laying a huge number. And I think the Wizards ended up covering that line. I don't trust Atlanta. I, I just can't trust them. They don't guard anybody. Uh, they've been underwhelming. They're one game under 500 again. I'm not picking them to lo- to lose this game. I think Atlanta wins, but, I mean, really? I, I, they've also won each of the last two games by at least 24 points in the head-to-head, which I guess explains it. But on principle, I, I can't bet a team I don't trust that blew a 20-plus point lead to San Antonio. I can't back you to cover 14. I, I just can't do it. So, yes, on one hand, uh, based on the matchup, they should cover. But they blew a 20-something point lead to the Spurs. Really? Like, no, I can't can't do this on principle. I got to lean to Detroit.
0: What do you got?
1: I got nothing on this game, man. I don't care for either team. I would lean to Detroit with the points. Don't trust Atlanta. I do think it's going to be a big Trey Young game. I think he had, like, eight points in the last game. Um, So, I'll be looking at some yeah, I'll be looking at some player props, but as for the game, I don't trust Atlanta, but, I mean, they they got to get going. I don't know if it's just because, you know, Snyder's – They've
2: had to get going for three months.
1: You, you know what I'm saying? So, and now Snyder's in. They're trying to, like, do do things different. Off so, Trey has been playing a lot more off the ball. I know that was kind of his issue with – um what was the other – with McMillan. um mm-hmm. but he, So, he has been playing a little bit more off the ball. They just – I don't know what's wrong with them. They're too good to be this bad. Um. Like, they they got the recipe to to be a good team, but I have no idea what's going on. But I'll lean to Detroit, even though they're horrible. LA and double digits in the NBA is not going to get you paid.
0: Yeah, I'm going with Detroit here as well. I mean, 14 is a lot, especially when, like Scott mentioned, they played one of the worst teams in San Antonio the other night They were up by double digits and then they lost by double digits in that game so
2: i gotta look uh, up the fourth quarter numbers again for that game because i know that it's embarrassing but i gotta pull it up they only scored like 30
0: something uh, points in the second half right
2: yeah uh, they scored 35 points in the second half after scoring 83 in the first half (laughs) they got outscored by 19 in the third quarter and they got outscored by 11 in the fourth they only scored 15 points in the fourth quarter
0: yeah that's that's really embarrassing so I, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, the Pistons here as well. That's just again, this is too many points. But I mean, there, see a scenario where Hawks do win by 20 here, but again, I'm not laying this many points with the Atlanta Hawks team that has you know pretty much struggled um, against the spread this season. Uh, let's get over to the total here, Scott, two thirty six. Any thoughts on that?
2: I think I'm gonna have to lean to the over just because Atlanta really, really doesn't guard anybody brutal beat by the way if you had the over in that Spurs game because they had 41 points in the fourth quarter you needed 43 that that's really rough but <laughs> I, I had that i had that too that's that's really bad but i'm going to go with the over atlanta gave up 126 to san antonio they don't guard anybody is detroit good offensively absolutely not but i think they're good enough to at least score potentially like one i don't know 110 in this game like maybe 115 i'm going to lean to the over though just cuz with atlanta You're not going to make much money betting unders based on how they've played lately. I'm going to lean over. The only time I cashed on an under with Atlanta lately was me taking an under 248 in that Warriors game, and that barely got there by a miracle. I'm going to lean to the over, but I feel better about the first half over because Atlanta's had some really ugly fourth quarters lately.
0: Yeah, Atlanta uh, at home, since the All-Star break, they are 5-2 and two towards the over, where those games at home are averaging around 200 and close to 249 points in those games. Yeah.
2: And the one um, one of the unders was the Warriors game, which had a total of 248 and it landed 246. Anyway. Yeah,
0: and the other one was, I think it was really close to that total as well. It was, let me see, it was against the Portland Trailblazers. It landed 240 in that the total for the game was 242 um and then and since the all-star break in conference games they're a perfect 4-0 towards the over averaging 251 points per game um since the all-star break so yeah i'm gonna lean with the over here as well again i think both these teams are not gonna be playing any defense here tonight we could see a track meet here tonight between these two teams uh delante any thoughts on the total and then take us into player props as well
1: uh yeah i'd lean under slightly um i just don't trust detroit's offense to score i mean i know atlanta's defense isn't the best but um i just don't trust detroit to score i would probably much rather look at atlanta's team total over um in this matchup detroit has scored 100 under in three in the last three games so not much offense um three of the last five for atlanta have went under so i guess a slight lean to the under but i'd more rather take the atlanta team total over uh as for player props i've got nothing scott you got any player props
2: uh, well, I'm going to lean to mostly overs because I like the over in this game. So I see Trey Young bouncing back. I probably would take a double-double in this one. Wiseman, I think, is going to have a good game. He had a double-double last game, I believe. I'm leaning under to Capella. Capella had a good game against San Antonio because San Antonio's got no centers. But in reality, Capella has been kind of phased out a little bit with Quinn Snyder because he wants to play faster. And I do think as a result, you might see a bit more Kung Wu. I don't think they're going to put Collins at the five, but the point is I, I'm a little bit low on Capella in this matchup. Foul trouble could be a concern as well, but I like Wiseman over. I like potentially going with Killian Hayes' assists, as dangerous as that sounds because he's been good at facilitating lately. But for the most part, I'm on overs except for Capella. I don't think it's a great matchup for Capella.
1: Let me ask you real quick. So with Wiseman, I was looking at his uh, his unders. You're not worried about Atlanta's like, interior size? They got like sp- – five or six, six, ten or above lengthy dudes who they can throw at um, Wiseman. But I guess off sheer volume that he kind of – It's get...
2: mostly just a volume play for yeah, me. Because if yeah, Detroit's going is. to wave the flag on the season and they're going to tell uh, Boyan to take a nap for two months and if they're not going to really use most of the guys, they're kind of just letting the young guys run wild. And I think that even if it is a bad matchup, if Wiseman wants yeah, like, 30 it. minutes or so, I'm going to take yeah. it. Yeah, that's why I didn't take
0: it. Yeah, okay. I was looking at John Collins here tonight on his rebounds. Um, I tried that out.
2: against Golden State. It, it didn't work out. Yeah, well, 20 he, points in the first quarter. just wouldn't grab a damn rebound.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's at five and a half at minus 130. But against the Pistons, he's gone over this projection in seven straight games, including four straight games where he's had double-digit rebounds, including two matchups this season. So actually uh three matchups this season they played earlier in october 26th and the 28th he had 10 rebounds and uh, 11 rebounds in that game and then on december 23rd um he had 12 rebounds in that game as well so if you want to i think that you'll get better odds if you want to ladder this up but at five and a half i i want to take especially if we're thinking that we're going to see a lot of points in this game and a lot more pace and a lot more shots getting up. I think those rebound uh, rebound opportunities are going to be there as well. The only concern I do have about it is that he only plays about twenty eight to twenty nine to thirty minutes a night. Uh, with the amount of depth that they have in that front court, with you know Akongwu getting a lot more minutes, Capella as well. Um, but I'm going to dig a little more deeper into it. I might just I might get there with the Collins over on his rebounds here tonight. Um, his double double is at plus. Uh, double, double for John Collins plus four fifty, but I think you'll get a better, uh, payout if you ladder up his rebounds up to 10. Don't see that right now, but maybe way closer to going, uh, game time. Uh, anything else for this game guys?
2: Nope. No, I don't have much. All right. Are you you Uh, buying stock into the Sadiq Bay revenge game?
0: Oh, I haven't looked. Did you find any props on that? Uh, no, he, he,
1: nah, I didn't. He got six points in the last two games. I don't think. You know. I don't
2: know if I was interested either, but I'm just asking.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. but I, 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 looked in, I looked into it. I don't see him on the board anywhere. I was just looking at his uh, his game log and it's not good. Um, I'm assuming that he's going to play a little bit more, especially they got a, you know, a blowout factor in here. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he might get more minutes. I mean, he's getting, he's getting solid minutes, like, but AJ
0: Griffin
1: twenty-three. Yeah, AJ Griffin is playing a lot more than him. I mean, he's been a lot more effective. He's had twenty nine and uh combined in the last two games. Um but yeah, so he's played I'm trying to get his uh game log up real quick. But he's For, played twenty minutes, 22, 23 – or twenty four, I'm sorry. Twenty six, twenty five. I mean six, five, one the last three games. So it's gonna be kind of hard to take anything unless it's like three and a half or something.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. We got the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are headed to the Barclays Center to take on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Currently, the line is sitting at minus three in favor of the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers in this game. This line opened up at minus two in favor of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Total opened up at 219 and a half. That number is currently sitting at 218 and a half. Uh, Taking a look at the injury report for both of these teams. Let's start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Jared Allen is officially questionable here tonight. When he was dealing with that right eye contusion. Uh, And that is pretty much it for the Cavs. For the Brooklyn Nets, uh Dorian Finney-Smith is questionable here tonight. Uh, And Ben Simmons, we know, is probably done for the rest of the season for the Brooklyn Nets and maybe his career with the Brooklyn Nets. But.
2: I heard um, I heard rumors that Simmons was busy uh potentially studying uh Rosetta Stone, uh to learn Chinese.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I, I thought that, that, yeah, yeah. You can always right. go back to Australia. I mean maybe Spanish too.
2: Yeah, but, potentially Spanish, maybe some Portuguese in there. You know, yeah, I don't know. But he yeah. might be on that Rosetta Stone package.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um Scott, why do you lead us off with your team, man? They are three point underdogs against the Cleveland Cavaliers.
2: So I was there uh, on Sunday against the Nuggets. I saw Jokic have a triple-double. I saw him throw a pass off the backboard intentionally in a half-court situation, which was crazy, by the way. But this team is horrible. (laughs) They couldn't (laughs) score. They couldn't (laughs) score. It it was just awful. I mean, you're looking at the actual breakdown for quarters. They benched Dimwitty and Bridges the entire fourth quarter, and the offense woke up. They're down 20 through three quarters. And if you want to look at the offense, they had roughly 70 points through three quarters against the Nuggets. We've been roasting the Nuggets defense for like three weeks. They couldn't score. It was just horrible basketball. And you're looking at Cleveland. They've been playing well lately. I think Allen's going to play, personally. He was a full participant in practice on Monday. It is his former team. I think he probably will suit up, but I'm not sure how many minutes. The full participant is definitely a big deal. They also haven't played a couple days. They've had extra rest time. Uh, I think that that definitely bodes well for Cleveland. I took Cleveland on the overnight at two and a half. I just think based on how the Nets have played, they can't score. You're looking at Denver. They scored 102. You look at the Kings. They can't guard anybody. They gave up 128 to Utah last night. Nets scored a casual 96 in that game at home against Sacramento. They played OKC the game before that. OKC also doesn't guard anybody. They only scored 107. They can't score. Then they face off against Cleveland, potentially getting Jared Allen back. You still have Garland. You still have Mitchell. I got to go with Cleveland here. Just by watching this team play, the offense we knew was going to be pretty streaky, mostly bad because they don't have many phenomenal scores. Bridges has been incredible. I'll give him props yeah. for that. Yeah. Dimity was horrible against Denver this time. He just wasn't aggressive at all. I got to go with Cleveland. The Nets don't have many offensive weapons, and I think Cleveland's the better team by far.
0: Why is this line so short at three then?
2: That's what I'm thinking. Well, it was two and a half. It's gone up a bit, but.
0: Yeah, hmm. but I mean. Oh, it does seem gets- a little
2: bit short. It, motivation shouldn't be an issue because both teams are trying to improve their seating, so I don't think it's really going to change much there. But based on what I've seen with the Nets, and based on it's maybe based on Cleveland being a bad road team, but they are. once again they can't score. Yeah, they scored ninety six against Sacramento, and Denver's on a back to back. They're on a back to back, and they only go- they only scored one hundred and two points. I can't back gets- a team that can't score. I'm gonna going to The
1: best defensive team in the,
0: in the NBA.
2: Yeah, it's, I I gotta I gotta go with yeah. Cleveland here.
0: Yeah, Cleveland 15, 19 and two against the spread on the road, but as a road favorite eleven nine and uh, two against the spread. So yeah, I, I think this is like the fishy line of of, of the day. I, I think this should spread should be bigger. Um, but Delonte, why don't you give your handicap here, man?
1: Go ahead, Scott. No, you, well, no, I was
2: gonna good. ask, was there a fishy line yesterday that like didn't? That ended up being bait.
0: The Knicks, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, like, I, I don't know.
2: I'm just saying, just because the line's fishy doesn't mean it's automatically going yeah, yeah, to yeah. lose. But I, th- I found the line interesting. How the Nets have kind of played Cleveland tough. But then again, that was with Durant or Kyrie being in the lineup, which doesn't apply anymore. I can't back a team that can't score.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to that, they just, if they can't score on Sacramento, who's, at, who's got the bottom five defense in the NBA, I don't know what they're going to do against the Cavs, who are the by far the best defense in the NBA right now. Um, They have struggled a bit. Cavs have struggled a bit as of late two and three ATS the last five, but in a bigger sample size, six and four ATS the last 10. Um, Speaking to their defense, they have allowed 110 or less in three of the last five games. Shouldn't have any problem shutting down the Nets offense. Um, So, I mean, the Nets, I I don't know. They're kind of weird. They've lost three games. I got that future on them, so I need them to lose. So I'll be on the Cavaliers off the strength of that but um
2: you know how stressful it is to have a ticket on the nets to struggle and you're you have to root (laughs) for
1: miami to actually win games amen and they've they've been really good against miami actually so
2: i I know it's even worse but you're you're with me there though you're just keeping tabs on miami games and you're like how are you down 10 points of detroit right now
1: you know what i'm saying so but yeah um i just i trust cleveland more in this uh in this type of game they're gonna Dominate on the offensive and defensive glass. I mean, uh, Brooklyn is 30th in offensive rebound percentage. Cleveland should do- – they should literally dominate and get every board they want yeah. remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, know think, Claxton's I think Allen's going
2: to play too. So, I think that's yeah, going to be – Yeah, so, I
1: mean, card. I has been playing well, but, I mean, he's going against, he's going to be going against two uh, interior beasts, and I don't know if he has that much success. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a low-possession game. Usually that tends to the underdog, but being with that, the Nets can't score, i, I gotta got to go with Cleveland here.
0: Yeah, Cleveland is top six in both defensive and offensive rating over the last five games. Um, I guess, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it makes a lot of sense about everything that Scott said and where this Cleveland team is at. I mean, they're healthy. Uh, they should dominate on the boards here tonight, limit the, uh, the Nets to second-chance points, right? We have Evan Mobley and hopefully Jared Allen back here tonight as yeah, well. You where... mentioned
2: the last five games, sample size, by the way, just to mm-hmm. quickly interrupt. The Nets yeah. in the last five games are dead last in rebounding rate. The yeah. Cavs are second to last, but they might be getting Jared Allen back. So I got to bring yeah. that up.
0: Yeah. So I was looking for some Jared Allen props here, not posted yet. I do see Evan Mobley at nine and a half for his rebounds, but I, I'm going to go with the Cavs here as well. Minus three. Um Again, obviously it's just the better team here. Uh, and again, I think the rebounding is going to be the difference in this game for sure. Uh, assuming that Jared Allen is going to play here tonight for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um should be a good Donovan Mitchell game and Darius Garland as well. I know they do have some link as far as the wings go for the uh, for for the Nets with Bikel Bridges, maybe Cam Johnson. I know DFS is questionable here tonight, but um, can the Nets score? Like Scott said, I, I'm not sure. Uh, let's get over to the total here, guys. It's sitting at 218 right now, 218 and a half. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'll go, I'm going
1: under for sure. Um, like I said, so. Cleveland has been going over, four of the last five of them went over, but their totals are like super low. Like the average total in the last five games is 218.5, yeah. so, which is exactly what this number is. But those offenses that they've played in those last five games are much better than than Brooklyn's. So you got to think that it's a little bit of a overreaction. I think it should be closer to like 212, 211, to be honest with you, because the Nets, like Scott said, they just can't score. If they can't score on Sacramento and some of these less defensive-minded teams, then what are they going to do on on Cleveland? So uh, I like the under here a lot.
0: That's 4-0 to the under since the All-Star break at home. Their games are averaging a whopping 204 points per game. The last three went under, too. Yeah. Scott, what do you got, under?
2: I'm on the under. I I see this game finishing somewhere in potentially the high 190s. I'm not sure this even gets to 200, but I'm an only under because this just screams – like 102-95 type game. I I just see this being in the half court. The Cavs don't want to run. The Nets have not really wanted to run either lately, and I think they should run more because they're terrible in the half court. But I see a lot of ugly possessions, a lot of long possessions. That's a good recipe for an under. I'm going to take the under. The Nets might drag this down single-handedly, so I'm going to go with the under.
0: All right, uh, let's get to some player props in this game. Delonte, you got anything for the player props? I'll go uh, over on Darius Garland,
1: points and assists. I think he has a good night. All the attention pretty much is going to be on um, on Mitchell, so I'm assuming that Bridges gets gets Mitchell, which frees Garland up to, to do his thing. Um, I think he had 24 in the last uh, last game, so he's getting a little bit more uh, efficient with his scoring. So I'm a big Gary Garland fan. Uh, I think he has a big night here tonight in Brooklyn. Uh, player props.
2: Uh, well, I, I was tempted by Dimwitty assists, but I'm not sure the Nets score 100 points, so I don't know yeah, if I can I take that. that but I was I was tempted. I, I like that Garland play. I think Garland's going to have a pretty good game, uh, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really like. I don't trust Cam Johnson, but somebody's going to have to get more minutes if Finney Smith's out. So if you want to pivot to threes, maybe a Joe Harris or somebody. Mm-hmm. If Finney Smith's out, they're going to have to use somebody in that in that wing role. So potentially leaning to threes, maybe on Harris, but at the end of the day, maybe a Seth Curry threes, if you want to like go full pivot, but... I don't really see much in this game. If it's, an, if it's going to be an ugly game, I think you're just leaning to unders. But I'm not sure who specifically to take for unders.
0: Uh, not a lot for Mikael Bridges tonight. The
2: number's gone up. It was like 23-and-a-half. Now it's at around 24-and-a-half, 25-and-a-half. He had 23 yeah. last game, but he didn't play the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So it's all it's just tricky because they're playing a great defense and they've struggled against bad defenses. So Plus, I think Cleveland's got some guys who could guard him in theory. I think Steven's a pretty decent defender. is a good defender. They got options. I yeah. think I'm just gonna stay away from Bridges.
0: Yeah, if you want to look at his three-point prop here tonight, um Fit is at two and a half. I think Spawning the chat hadn't mentioned it. Uh, yeah, he's at two and a half at minus one ten right now. He's hit at least three and four out of the last five games for the Nets, um, getting up eight point two attempts per game in the last five games as well, shooting at around thirty-six point six percent. So I mean, that might be worth a look if, if you don't want to take the uh, over on his points problem, which I think is obviously correlated because, you know, we know he can knock it down at least from the corners mm-hmm. uh, for for the Nets and like he did for the Suns as well. Um, anything else for this game, guys? Yeah, let me ask you
1: guys a question. So the, the Cavs are a pretty interesting team. Who do you think they can beat in the playoffs? Like in, who's the best first round matchup for who you guys think?
0: So as it sits right now, the Cavs are sitting in that four spot. They would match up with New York.
2: You
1: think they can beat the Knicks? I think the Uh, Knicks can
0: beat them.
2: The Knicks can beat them, but I would pick Cleveland because they have home court. I'd probably pick Cleveland in seven if I had to get the score there. So I'm having to go in seven. So, of course, I think the Knicks could win the series. But I still don't like the Knicks in the fourth quarter. Of games, I, I still don't trust Thibodeau's offense late in the playoffs in the fourth quarter. I, I just don't see that working out. So I think Cleveland would win win that series. But when you say who they can beat, I think they'd they'd beat anybody that's behind them in the standings. The question is, do I think they would be able to beat anybody in the second round? I don't think they'd beat. I don't think they'd have any chance against Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee would kill them. Yeah, Boston, I don't know about because Boston is a team that I don't trust. Missoula. And I think that team could fall apart. It wouldn't totally surprise me. I think they could beat Philly. But to answer yeah. your question in the first round, I would lean to them to beat the Knicks. But I think it would be a very competitive seven-game series. So
1: that's pretty much like, like set. I think I think they're pretty much like they can flip-flop, I guess. But the 4-5 or five matchup is pretty set between them two.
2: I think yesterday is a good example of why I just don't trust the Knicks. It's just a game that you, the defense is supposed to be very good. And then randomly they give up 140 points to a team with Rudy Gobert on it. But you're looking at this, the Thibodeau in the playoffs. And I do I trust him in a seven game series? No. Do I trust Randall in a playoff series? No. I trust Brunson. I know Brunson can handle it because he had 40 plus points in games without Luca last year. But I know Randall's been very good. I, I know it's weird to roast the guy after a 57 point game. But in the playoffs, has Randall done anything?
1: No, but I don't trust. I don't trust the Cavaliers' wings. They don't have any. They don't have any wings. They don't have any dip. So I mean, it's just pretty much Mitchell. Go- but I know I mean, I Mitchell
2: know- can go crazy in a playoff yeah. series, and I, yeah, I think I think true. Garland and Mobley and everybody are reliable. But it's mostly Cleveland being very good at home. I just think the home court would be the deciding factor in that's that series. Fair.
1: That's fair.
0: Decide, but yeah, I, I would
2: have. The, I would have the Cavs in seven.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think that would be anything. Or either one of those teams in the second round, whether it's Boston or Milwaukee, but. I think they would give uh, obviously more of a challenge to the Boston Celtics maybe getting that series to probably 6 or 7 games but I think against Milwaukee I think they would take care of business probably in, in a sweep or probably 5 games. Um I'm going well, to let you, let you, you guys, I'm you let you guys know. I'm do taking the Knicks. Knicks
2: over the Cavs or do you take the Cavs over I would
0: them? take I would probably take the Cavs because I feel like there's I think with healthy Jared Allen and, and Evan Mobley I think they can really limit the second chance opportunities and really give Julius Randle fits.
2: That's how I look at it. But I I don't know if you agree with me or you think the series would end sooner. I
0: would have Cleveland in seven. I would probably say Cavs in six or seven. Yeah. Mm. All right. Before we move on uh, to the next game, let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy. The season never ends with underdog fantasy and currently in the midst of uh, the college, sorry, the NCAA tournament. uh, They have a lot of uh, college pick them games and also player props for at, over at underdog fantasy uh, plus underdog fantasy has your favorite like i mentioned college basketball uh contest they also have player props like i mentioned so if you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code sgpn you'll get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars so again that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code sgpn All right, guys, we'll cut it here for part one of the Tuesday games. Three more games still left on the schedule here for the Tuesday night action. So, again, make sure to tune in for part two and, of course, our lock-in dog in part two as well.